the name of our God, who was and is and always shall be. Amen. The woman was a saint. I'm no saint, but I do the best I can. In the communion of St. Mary and of all the saints, let us commend ourselves for all the saints who from their labor rest. Saints. We talk about them, pray about them, sing about them, but who or what are they exactly? Beyond the capital S saints, whom I'll speak about shortly, it can be complicated, as I learned only too well during my time at General Convention. As some of you know, I was privileged to serve as a deputy to four General Conventions, 2009 through 2018. Beginning in 2012, my convention experience was greatly enriched by serving as a member of the Committee on Prayer Book, Liturgy, and Music. Now back in 2003, General Convention had directed the Standing Commission on Liturgy and Music, which meets on an ongoing basis between General Conventions, to undertake a revision of the book Lesser Feasts and Fasts, which contains, among other things, propers for what I'll call for now the Lesser Saints. As I understand it, one of the things the Commission discovered when they set about doing this work was that there were many more people, saints, whom they wanted to honor than could reasonably be contained in lesser feasts and fasts. So they set about creating a new compilation of post-biblical saints entitled Holy Women, Holy Men, which was used in trial form until 2015. Now recall I became part of this process, or perhaps I should say struggle, in 2012. Beginning with that convention, I listed, listened day after day to people who came before our committee at 7.30 in the morning, which is when hearings on such matters are held, to share why a particular person dear to them should be included in the book. Well, quickly enough, holy women, holy men became so unwieldy that it was replaced in 2015 by the next iteration of the church's attempt to assemble a compilation of saints for daily worship, a great cloud of witnesses. That's the book we found ourselves dealing with in Austin in 2018. It was a nightmare. We had people come before us upset because their person who had been included in Holy Women, Holy Men had been omitted from the great cloud of witnesses. Other people came to plead their cause for individuals who hadn't been included in either book, but whom they felt really should be. We heard about the Dorchester chaplains, a missionary to the Lakota Sioux, John Muir the naturalist, and many, many others we grew absolutely punchy. I wish I could remember what a fellow committee member blurted out during a break at one of our meetings, but it was something along the lines of what we're going to have next is a whirlwind of wonderful people. The subcommittee that spent the whole convention focused on this issue finally came up with the idea of just going back to lesser feasts and fasts and the list of saints included there, and then giving congregations or dioceses the option of honoring their local saints as long as those individuals fit a set of criteria developed by General Convention. Well, that idea left people who had served on the Standing Commission furious, saying they would never serve again because clearly they had wasted the past three years of their lives working on a great cloud of witnesses. As invariably happens in such situations when something can't be solved at convention, the matter was sent back to committee. When I went online while writing this sermon to see what might be happening with this delicate situation, I discovered that there is in fact a new 2018 edition of Lesser Feasts and Fasts available, which has been designed, it states in the preface, to stand alone or to be used in conjunction with the additional optional resource of a great cloud of witnesses. Furthermore, 
That book acknowledges that additional individuals may be honored at the local level for the holy and faithful witness they offered during their lives, as long as they meet certain criteria. In my opinion, that is as it should be. When you think about it, there is simply no way any one person or organization can possibly assemble an all-inclusive list of saints. The only saints who are universally known throughout the Christian world are the people who appear in the New Testament before whose names we actually use the word saint with a capital S. Saint Peter, Saint Paul, Saint Mary, Saint Stephen. We know their stories. We know that Peter was transformed from humble, bumbling fishermen to one of the most important leaders of the early church. Week after week, we read the letters from Paul to the many churches he founded as he walked most of the way around the Mediterranean, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with the Gentile world. Our church is named for St. Mary, who endured a fate some would say is worse than death itself, standing by and watching her son die a cruel and agonizing death on a cross. But once we move forward in time, through the Middle Ages, the Reformation, the colonization of the Americas to modern times, I suspect that many of the people we honor as saints would be utterly unknown to, say, Anglicans in Africa. And that's really okay. I suspect most of the people they honor are unknown to us. The point of honoring those who have gone before us, who have lived lives filled with the Holy Spirit, isn't because it earns them extra points in heaven, but as a way of enriching and informing our own understanding of what it means to be a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. Here at St. Mary's, we honor our own personal saints by writing their names on cards and posting those cards, and in some cases photographs, on the walls of the church on the Sunday on which we celebrate the Feast of All Saints. What better way to remind ourselves that we are all part of the communion of saints than to literally surround ourselves with the saints who have gone before us? While we may not normally think of them as saints, my father taught me in confirmation class that we are all set aside to be saints when we're baptized. That means you don't have to be perfect and you don't have to be dead to be a saint. We were reminded of that in our opening hymn. While the first verse of For All the Saints rings out with a grandeur that immediately calls to my mind the capital S saints I just mentioned, further into the hymn, we are reminded of our connection even to them. O blessed communion, fellowship divine, we feebly struggle, they in glory shine. Yet all are one in thee, for all are thine. Alleluia, alleluia. That connection is at once comforting and daunting. It can be a bit intimidating to imagine that we are in any way on a par with the evangelist, the apostles, the peoples whose likenesses are carved on the front of cathedrals or Westminster Abbey. Be it Peter, James, John, or Mary, or more modern saints like Harriet Tubman or Martin Luther King, they can all seem larger than life, their individual shortcomings notwithstanding. The beauty of a great cloud of witnesses is that it brings to our attention people many of whom more than likely are unknown to most of us, yet who live Christ-centered lives that touched and influenced others. That's equally true of the people whose names we post on the walls of St. Mary. Our personal saints weren't perfect, we all know that. But if nothing else, they taught us the value of coming to church, the value of Christian community, the importance of living out our baptismal vows in our day-to-day -day lives. We honor them by writing their names on cards every year because we remember what they taught us and because we still love them and know that they still love us. So what does it mean to be a saint? 
the complexity of the general convention discussions on this topic notwithstanding. The lyrics of a simple children's hymn are what have spoken to me most powerfully my entire life in response to that question. I sing a song of the saints of God, patient and brave and true, not perfect, superhuman, or martyred, just patient and brave and true, who toiled and fought and lived and died for the Lord they loved and knew. Saints are people for whom God isn't some vague, far-off higher power. God is personal. God is someone they know. And one was a doctor, and one was a queen, and one was a shepherdess on the green. So station in life isn't important, commoner or royal, professional person or manual laborer. They were all of them saints of God, and I mean God helping to be one too. They loved their Lord so dear, so dear, and his love made them strong. Saints are people who know that their strength, their ability to face whatever life brings their way, comes from God. And they followed the right for Jesus' sake the whole of their good lives long. Saints follow the teachings of Jesus. They live into their baptismal vows purely because it's the right thing to do. And one was a soldier and one was a priest. I always liked that because my dad was a priest. And one was slain by a fierce wild beast and there's not any reason, no, not the least, why I shouldn't be one too. Now here's the best part, the good news. They live not only in ages past, there are hundreds of thousands still. Yes, even in 2020, the worst year most of us can ever remember living through, the world is bright with the joyous saints who love to do Jesus' will. No kidding, where are they? Everywhere. You can meet them in school or in lanes or at sea, in church or in trains or in shops or at tea. And this is the part I pray you will take to heart and repeat to yourselves every single day. For the saints of God are just folk like me, and I mean to be one too. Amen. <laughs>